Welcome to episode seven of Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy, and where in the world are you, Mr. Matt Leach? Well, I am actually down in sunny, it is very sunny, Launceston in Tasmania. Have you been down to Tasmania before? I have never been to Tasmania. It is so good. I, I think I came down here when I was like six or something, and I'm actually hanging out with the Foundry guys. Cool. Um, and, um, and since I've been coming down here again, it's, it's just amazing. It's, it's so gorgeous, and the way you fly in, uh, you fly over all these gorgeous fields, and it just doesn't feel like you're in Australia anymore. So, yeah, I don't know. I think a couple of the guys down here are trying to get me to look at houses. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frankie bought, Frankie bought a house down there, didn't she? She did. She did. She actually, well, actually, she came down to speak at the Foundry, which is exactly why I'm down here. And, um, and I think she came down the weekend after and bought a house. Wow. So, so yeah. they're, they're, they're very convincing then, aren't they? Yeah. They're clearly working for tourism Tasmania. Wow. So. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so who have you got there? So I've actually got the founder of the foundry, and we need to talk about that because the found. Did you come up with the foundry? The founder of the foundry. Uh, well, I suppose people say, you know, what do, what do I do or who am I? And I yeah. suppose I'm the founder of the foundry or director or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, yep. founding so founder. I'm actually with Chris Billing. So, um, so Chris obviously uh, is the director of the foundry. Um, I first met you oh, a couple of six months ago. Yeah, six months. And, and I think at that time I sort of, I called him the, the proclaimed kind of uh, saviour of Tasmanian talent um, because <laughs> wow. uh, I, I hadn't met, I know, quite, quite wow. the call. That was, that was five minutes into the conversation. Yeah. So. But um, I hadn't met someone who really could tell me what was happening in Tasmania as well as Chris could. So I think when I was coming down here, it was an obvious choice to sort of get Chris on and um, sort of, Give a bit of an uh, eye-opener to what's actually happening in Tasmania yeah. um, as far as design goes. Great. But my hand over to – I should mention where we're standing, by yeah. the way. Um, the, the foundry in Launceston has got this amazing space. It's in what, – what is this? It's a mill? Yeah, it's an old uh, oats mill. It's um, heritage listed. It's been preserved and it's just a beautiful brick loft in the city with um, – Contraptions. We're surrounded by. Yeah, I'm literally standing underneath this gigantic yellow. I don't know what that is. I guess that's where the oats came down, and and across from us is um, these um, millstones that still work, still spin. That was actually spinning on earlier. So yeah, absolutely beautiful space. But Chris, tell us a bit more about you and what you do. Okay, so with Foundry, which is basically all I do at the moment, um, we are passionately Tasmanian. We're passionately um, trying to preserve um, the young creative talent the state produces, um, and by preserve, I, I probably mean retain mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than lose. Um, so yeah, it is a very creative place, Tassie, um, but without infrastructure supporting our young talent, we have a big creative brain drain. Yeah, I think I think when I first met you, you called it the the main brain drain, which <laughs> I thought was amazing. Like all the all the sort of mm. the talent going to the mainland yep. and and leaving Tasmania. Yeah, um, a lot of people leave when they get to sort of end of college. They either do university here, uh, head over interstate, or travel. Um, but usually, people always come back after they've pursued a career for some time. Sometimes, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, but a lot of people leave, you know, with aspirations especially in design, and then don't quite make it because they get lost. They lose our identity in, in a big city uh, if that's not where they've grown up, where I believe that um, if we create 
the appropriate infrastructure to support our young creatives that can cut through from a regional place like Tassie. Um, besides the fact that Tassie is so beautiful and in, inspiring and it's clear you can think, you can be creative here. Um, so there's, there's all these elements that really drive us with Foundry, um, but we've really stumbled into something that's obviously a need here in Tassie and that keeps us very busy with our model. Because Tasmania is so interesting because it's literally, I mean, how long does it take you to get to Hobart from here? Yeah, oh, two hours. Right. So, you know, to us, we, we complain about that as a long drive. <laughs> but it's, not, That's it's not far. Yeah, between cities, it's not far. Yeah. And and um, when the when these um, people defect and um, head over to the mainland, defect. where where do, where do they where do they usually end up? Is it is it Melbourne because it's closer? Do they come to Sydney? Where, where do they uh, go? Do you know? Definitely Melbourne, Sydney, and believe it or not, Brisbane. There's a lot of uh, Tasmanians who go to Queensland. A lot of Queenslanders come to Tassie. Maybe right. the sort of extremity of uh, climate. There just seems to be an exchange between cultures in Brisbane and Tassie. It's quite common. But yeah, Melbourne's probably the, the next logical step. People just jump across the water. It's an hour flight or even yeah. under an hour so close and so people just head over there and uh enroll in a creative school mm-hmm. um or try and cut through with design if that's what they're doing uh, in the big city which doesn't always work people go over there with romantic notions of the big city and not full of opportunities and lots of work uh but a lot of people lose kind of their sense of self or, or lose their identity in the busyness mm-hmm. uh, and i've seen a lot of young creatives in my generation head over there and and still working in retail never really cut through Right. So great designers too that just got yeah. lost in the busyness. Yeah, well, just being a good designer definitely doesn't guarantee you success. I think we, <laughs> we're all pretty aware of that. So um, I got it really quick on just on just on that. So what what do you mean by they they lose their identity? Like what what is what is the identity that you think that they might be losing? Yeah. In the um, look, I, I, I haven't put um, drawn any conclusions really on that. Other than I think regionally you can become good at something. In, in a region and think, oh, this is good, but there's not enough opportunity here. So if I relocate, um, then obviously bigger place, more opportunity. But in that relocation, if you're not used to the area, you don't know your way around, uh, especially a big city like Sydney, mm. um, you just see sort of young designers get over there with a really good um, cut through here. And then over there, they're sort of just lost in the crowd um, and maybe not used to just city living in general. Possibly that it could be that simple. Mm. Um, but I, I know a lot of designers who head over to Melbourne, Sydney as young people with great sort of future ahead of them that just sort of lose their, even their will to design, maybe the busyness of everything, kind of like, ah, oh, um, you know, just paying the bills, it's so expensive to live. Um, we, we already believe that if you can stay in Tassie and keep current though and keep poking through and um, that you've got a better chance of being pronounced from a place like Tasmania. Yeah. Is, it, is it the kind of idea of like, you know, big fish and small ponds? Definitely, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, I, it's, it's an interesting thing and it, a lot's been written about that recently, about this idea of um, almost, I guess, learning in a, in a smaller pond actually yeah. helps you yep. build confidence, yeah. build um, self-assuredness and, um, yeah, and so I can imagine if um, then you're then suddenly thrown into the big pond. Yeah. Uh, that can be quite a slap in the face. Yeah, <laughs> it certainly can be. I mean, there's a, a whole range of factors um, to that. But, yeah, I think for, for me, I really see that if we could get the infrastructure, and by infrastructure I mean support systems, education, um, community, creative community, um, mentors, networks, if we can we can give them exposure as well to people like Matt Leach who's down here sharing and talking about the industry as a whole, then people feel I'm less... I'm super famous in Tasmania, <laughs> Flynn. I don't, I, don't, I don't know whether you know that, actually. You are coming back, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I, you know, yeah. I, I live like a king down here. So. Yeah. 
That's, that's true. Yeah, I've, yeah. so I think exposure is another big thing. Yeah, we get isolated with an island mentality, um, which is another thing that's quite, I think, unique to Tasmania as well. And so we try and address that with foundries, is making people feel connected as opposed to disconnected. We'll talk more about that island mentality. Yeah, that- yeah that, it, it is very Tasmanian-centric, isn't it? Because we call the rest of Australia the mainland. Yeah. yeah. And when people come down here from Melbourne and we say the mainland, like, oh, where's the mainland? Like, yeah. You are the mainland. <laughs> it says a lot about our thinking, doesn't it? Like, I mean, I grew up um, in Brisbane a little bit, so I've, I've enjoyed living in Brisbane growing up, and, um, but was born in Tassie and have been here most of my life. Um, but it is a, a unique mindset we have about being on an island and that being the mainland up there. Uh, yet, I don't know what the flight is from Melbourne to Sydney. It was an, an hour or something? An hour and a half. An hour yeah. and a half. So it's not that dissimilar between yeah. us flying in, but yet the feeling of going over the water creates that sense of isolation that's unique. Mm. Um, but I think that can be our opportunity too because we do, we can, uh, I don't know, we can test things in, in the island of Tasmania. And people do talk about testing things here. I know that some technology is tested here in agriculture. Um, there's, there's all sorts of things economically that people test because of our size, half a million people, um, you can sort of drive to, from city to city in two hours. So there's things that are unique about this state where it's all wrapped up on a nice island and we can access everything that uh, can also be a negative because people feel stuck and separated and a lot of young people are like, ah, oh, Tassie's, you know, frustrating or it's, it's difficult. So I want to get over there where it's all happening. But a lot of people come back realising actually we've got some amazing things going for us. If we can identify those things... Um, and, and play to our strengths, then there's a, a lot of opportunity here. I mean, I'm always quite surprised um, and, and a little bit annoyed at myself that I don't realise what is going on down here every time yeah. I come down. And, and it's, you know, I guess Mona has brought yeah. a massive amount and, you know, David Walsh and um, really yeah. brought more of a spotlight to Tasmania. Yeah, um, yeah the big time. I mean, David Walsh um, single-handedly, almost like a a philanthropic uh, <laughs> lifting the state up personally with, with design and culture and arts and uh, Dark Mofo. Uh, yeah, Mofo, Flynn, do you know about Dark Mofo? No. Oh, my God, please tell me about this. <laughs> oh, really? Well, it's an awesome <laughs> day. I only found out about today, but, yeah, I'm coming down for it. Yeah, oh, a massive big winter festival uh, to celebrate the winter solstice. So in the shortest day when everything's dark and cold, uh, Hobart just lights up. You've probably seen the images of the laser lights coming out of the city and, um, these giant art installations and just typical of Dave Walsh's personality. He's stubborn. Uh, he's clearly eccentric. Um, Are you allowed to call him Dave? Dave Walsh. Well, everyone does here, I suppose, yeah, which is really funny. That's, that's how much he's in the Tassie psyche now. He's like, oh, thanks to Dave. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, thanks to Dave. We've got big crazy festivals and um, people flying from all around the world actually to come to Dark Mofo or uh, in summer, it's um, Monofoma, big festival in the water there, and it's right. just huge arts pushing the boundaries, quite controversial, but um, huge tourism pool now. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, when when is that actually happening? Is that in July? Uh, yeah, so oh, I don't have the dates off the top of my head, but yeah, it'd be um, in July, dead of winter, so yeah. the shortest day, basically. It's built around that. Um, yeah, it's just it's massive. And films, conferences. Yeah, films, uh, musicians. I mean, I think last year they were going to surprise everyone and fly in, uh, Coldplay as a surprise oh, really? performance. Coldplay on Coldplay. The, under the coldest time of the year. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> they, like they didn't have um, they didn't have an airport runway long enough to land the plane. Literally, that was the, uh, the really? issue. Yeah, ah. it's cancelled. But that's the sort of stuff he does. He pulls big surprises uh, to unsuspecting patrons coming through this festival. But um, there's a lot of experimental art as well that goes on. Um, you coming, Flynn? 
Um, yeah. yeah, if they can get Cold Chisel to come down, then... <laughs> cold Chisel, <laughs> nice. Cold nice. Black cold chisel. Nicely done. <laughs> it's got to be done. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, I couldn't help but uh, think about the correlation between, um, uh, you know, maybe it's an issue, maybe it's not, but this um, pattern of very talented people from, let's, let's call it Australia, going overseas when they turn about 30 to 40. And sort of, it sounds very similar to this idea of going to the mainland to kind of make it and then come back. And we've had lots of people, even Jason Little. I know he went. You yep. know, he went to Paris, Paris. for seven years. Yeah. Um, Justin Smith from End of Work went Justin to Smith. the UK, and yeah, it's, Mike Reby's the latest. Um, yeah, he's late, in New York at the moment. Yeah. And there is a bit of a sense of um, of loss. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like we're like we're sort of you know I'm not going to say the best, but certainly mm-hmm. people that are on the top of their game, and if they're if they if they've left us then other people are kind of getting the benefits from from their oh. knowledge and experience mm-hmm. and passion and we kind of want to keep them here so i that, that yeah, was a bit but, of a comment but, but i guess that's, my question that's is, an interesting yeah well mm-hmm. i mean i guess the question also is do we need to keep them because you think about jason yeah. little and, and mm-hmm. all the kind of experience he came back with um same with justin smith i mean you know i i was a junior for uh, justin and you know when he came back after england he was just so much more confident he's probably listening to this but you know just just i think a lot better designer um and yeah so i, I guess the question is dude is that a rite of passage that we we do go out and kind of explore the world and then bring bring that kind of extra knowledge back in it's mm. a good yeah. question what do you think chris yeah, yeah well i just think and then you maybe think about it myself about you know, why I would think we should retain talent. I mean, obviously, I travel interstate often. Um, I've been lucky, you know, as a young fella to travel overseas a lot, so I don't have a, I don't have what they call island fever <laughs> when yeah. you get stuck. You know, and people talk right. about here having island fever. Like, yeah. if you, once you get out a little bit, you do have to keep going out because then you can appreciate it's one of the best places in the world you could live. Yeah. But you do have to be exposed. So traveling is important. But I think from starting Foundry, I've realised that a lot of young people – can't get out and they come through grade 11, grade 12 and there is no education that that facilitates young designers or there hasn't been in regional places like Tassie unless they move to Melbourne, Sydney. And if that's not an option for family reasons or they're just not interested in moving because they love this place, um, that's the problem, you know, that we're trying to solve is is the supports for young designers to still get top-level design education um, and be a part of a, a serious creative community. Uh, where they are regionally, and then after that, well, maybe some great designers will come out of this place, and we'll move on, and they'll probably just, you know, talk about Tassie and talk about Foundry wherever they go, which would be happy with as well. So, mm. it's a good question. Do they? Is it a bad thing? It might not be a bad thing, um, but from my perspective, it is a bad thing if there isn't the infrastructure to start with for young. Yeah, or, or maybe to entice them back again, or later on. Kind of, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. So, talking more about you know what's happening in Hobart. Yeah. Is there um, is there any rivalry between Hobart? I mean, we, we always talk about the Melbourne Sydney yeah. rivalry, yeah. and then obviously Brisbane there is there as well. But yeah. um, is there any Port between Launceston and El Perth? Perth, <laughs> yeah. where's Perth? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did the podcast go to Perth? Is it rich there? I'm not sure. I'm not sure the, if it goes yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it does yeah. just a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there is there is rivalry, I suppose. Uh, I don't know, maybe less. Then, you know, maybe 10 years ago when I was coming through the schooling system, there was a lot – it felt like a lot more of a rivalry. Um, 
I don't know why it would have changed, but it doesn't seem to be near as bad as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Hobart's really emerged in the last two years, probably thanks to Mona. Um, but there's a whole lot of factors that's just set Hobart off. As a, it's just busy. You go down there now, it's just busy. There's tourists everywhere. There's boats picking people up and going you know, to and fro up and down the, the Derwent to different things. And there's restaurants everywhere. And they're winning awards for restaurants and food and best whiskey in the world now. And mm. So it's sort of starting to get the global spotlight is on us for our food, our wine, um, you know, whiskey, obviously. So James, James Bogue is just yeah, down, just down the road. At, Actually, I'm looking at it right now. looking at James Bogue there <laughs> at the window. You're painting this picture of Tasmania being like 50 square metres. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. In my well, mind, you guys are enormous, and you're just standing on. This we're just looking at everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Pointing in the distance. Everything's There's Dave. Up. Hey, Dave. There's Dave down the corner. Yeah, we go. I was just talking about skiing before. You can go skiing 50 minutes up the road in winter. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. So, yeah, look, um, Hobart is definitely emerging, and Launceston is different. And I think it's. In the last few years, we've, we're realising as regions we're very different. So maybe that's less of a competition because Hobart's emerged as as its thing and Launceston uh, is the hub for the north, uh, which includes Burnie, Devonport and all the northern uh, towns, northwest, northeast, uh, which Launceston is central to, and then Hobart, obviously, down the bottom of the state. So there is a rivalry. There always has been, but I think it's getting less, if that makes any sense. I don't mm-hmm. know why, though. That's just the sense I get. And maybe it's that kind of pulling together and it is, you know, it, it is... I guess a, a small. I mean, to I guess to me, it seems crazy that there would be rivalry between two cities that are two hours away <laughs> from each other. But, but um, you know, I can that yeah. play, completely makes sense as well. So yeah. maybe we're rallying under the you know, brand Tasmania, and maybe that's what yeah. we're becoming more aware of. Um, our state has its own brand equity, so to speak, um, and maybe we're all feeling that a little bit more than we used to in that sense mm-hmm. of yeah, pride in Tasmania as a whole. So I definitely think we're, we're getting that. We're all jumping on the Tasmanian wagon a bit more than north-south type thing for here. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah, I never, I mean, I never, never would have considered it until we sort of had a bit of a chat before the show. So yeah, it's interesting. I'm already, I'm already learning things. Ours is a cheaper here too. You can. Get a beautiful See, he's starting boss. already. There we go. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. I just bought a unit. Don't don't even talk to me about that. Oh, I won't ask how much for. Painful. Yeah, in Sydney. So, um, but uh, something something recently that happened in in, in Tassie was um, obviously the Agda um, November Biennale last year, and the awards. Yeah, as, and the awards as well. So. Um, I, I couldn't make it, and I know a lot of our listeners probably did, but a lot, a lot obviously, obviously didn't. And I was wondering if, um, if, if there, w- what impact, if any, um, that kind of had on the Tasmanian scene down there. That weekend was crazy, <laughs> busy weekend for so many reasons. I think they launched the national tourism campaign, Australia the Restaurant, the same weekend. Wow! Right. So we had the world's media, especially uh, food media. Um, in Hobart at the event. So in terms of the broader community of Tasmania, I think they would have hardly known it was even on because everyone's attention was on um, Restaurant Australia launch, right. yeah, which Mona uh, hosted. So to all our Biennale friends who might be listening to this who were here, we toured uh, the music Mona Museum after hours and actually only got to see maybe 50% of the museum properly because everything was blocked off and being prepared for... The national uh, tourism. I launch. did. I heard. I yeah. heard a few people grumbling about that. Yeah. yeah so we probably didn't give the best, um, you know, the full uh, Tasmanian experience. However, uh, everyone seemed to have a wonderful time mm. on the boats and um, going up to Peppermint Bay was beautiful uh, for the actual award ceremony. So I think people enjoyed it. But to be honest, there wasn't a huge Tasmanian show up. 
Right. Um, but it was sold out. My understanding was everything sold out. Yeah, no, completely so. sold out, yeah. I don't know if there's even room for, for locals to jump in late. Um, but look, I, do, I, do, I love the, the visual of that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> we have arrived, no locals allowed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you think that is? I don't think there's a massive AGDA membership base in Tasmania yet. That probably needs a lot of work. Um, I know they've got the Van Diemen Awards down here, which is sort of architecturally focused, but mm-hmm. includes design in general and print as well. Um, so there's yeah, there's all the uh, other stuff that's going on. Again, that's Tasmanian-centric, isn't it, Van yeah. Diemen? You know, that's a, it's, a, it's a, our own version of design awards, which is uh, something also, you know, I mean, I'm sure other states do, but I think we do a lot of things branded Tasmania mm-hmm. internally, which can be a good thing, but can also be negative. Um, but, yeah, I think with the Biennale, um, maybe just the membership base wasn't so strong here yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know in the north of the state there's not much AGDA um, happening at all, but that's because it was um, coordinated down south. But I think with Matt and, and people like yourself involved, and uh, I know that we're very much aware of it now with Foundry, we're sort of telling people about it and the membership base will grow and then that might change. Mm-hmm. But I think literally there just wasn't actually the connectivity to AGDA yet in it, the state. Look, it, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, the awards are in Sydney um, this year. Um, and so, and I'm actually uh, on the committee to actually run it. So we are, um, we're working, but, uh, it, it said, it set a pretty big precedent because I think, um, I think everyone came down and they really enjoyed being yeah. away yeah. from everything else. And, and it's almost that idea when it's in Sydney, the people outside of Sydney have a better time than the people who live in Sydney <laughs> yeah. because it's just kind of like, ugh, it's just another day at the office almost. Yeah. Um, where Tasmania was a place that where everyone had to come. So Melbourne people had to come, Sydney people had to come, yeah. Perth people had to come, um, Brisbane obviously. And, you know, everyone sort of came and they were away from their work. They're away from the day-to-day and so, and they're all discovering stuff together. Yeah. And I think they all really enjoyed that from from what I've heard, which is... Yeah, yeah. the bonding was probably, you know, mm. being almost like on a camp together. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's sort of out around Design the camp. <laughs> Design yeah. camp. Um, yeah. yeah, everyone appeared to have a wonderful time and it was definitely experiential. So um, in terms of just the, the... It was all based around a you know, boat trip here to then a museum to mm. then an after party with drinks to then another boat trip down to a beautiful restaurant on the on the foreshore down at Pippin Bay. So everything was like an experience and we were getting carted around, having a wonderful time. So I suppose that might be very different to a um, an event in Sydney, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, mm. um, it's interesting this, this year we've, uh, and in Agda we've actually decided to break apart the Biennale and the awards So because they've always been run together. Um, and so it'll be interesting this year because the awards sort of have to stand up by themselves. Yeah. So it's um, it's a bit of a, I guess that's our brief to kind of make it, make it great in Sydney and, yeah. and make the awards speak for themselves. So, so that's coming in November. Right. That might be. Do you reckon that might have a bigger pool? Um, it's not a based on membership base, but more. Yeah, I think I think again you sort of mentioned it before. I mean, obviously, it didn't help having the restaurant thing down here at the same time. But uh, I think Agda's one of Agda's main jobs is to really make the public aware of yeah. what design is and what yeah. design can do. Um, and so, hopefully, by having the awards as a sort of separate thing, something that we can really rally behind and celebrate, yeah. um, it might start getting more interest from the the public yeah. public sectors. So, yeah, no, that's um. So, just while we're talking about conferences, though. Um, Flynn, you, you made me aware that um, 
semi-permanent has kind of launched who they're bringing, yeah. bringing over. Awesome. Yeah, so I don't know if this was earlier in the week or may- maybe it was towards the end of last week. But, um, but yeah, semi-permanent um, have announced Sydney and also Auckland lineup, so all the start, start of the lineup, so probably the biggest, bigger kind of international names and things like that are all up there. And there was a couple of, couple of kind of standout people um, that I'm pretty interested in seeing. So some of the notable people, um, uh, so Scott um, Dadich from Wide Magazine. Wide Magazine, yeah. Which yep. is cool. Um, Natasha Jen from Pentagram. Um, oh, great. And I'm going to say his name wrong, but Bjark Inglis from Big. Um, that's one that I really want to see. Um, Big's amazing. Um, and then Dave Roch from IDO as well. Yeah. Um, so those are some I'm pretty quite, amazing. I'm quite people. interested to see IDO. Have you have you seen the um, IDO? Um, you uh, God, what am I talking about? You told me about it. So yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you t- I just thought you did that regular thing where you tell me and then you delete it from your brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Usually, usually I do forget. You can get away with that. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, so IDEO came out with IDEOU, or I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a beta test, um, so a bit of an online online university or something like that. Um, they only announced it publicly, I think, a week ago, um, but it looks really interesting. So I've signed up to check it out because obviously I have an interest in education. So IDEOU, yeah. check it out. It looks pretty interesting. Yeah, it does look great. I mean, it, it looks like they're going to sort of be talking about some of their concepts about design thinking and um, concepting and, and that kind of stuff, prototyping. Um, and, and I think they are definitely at some of the forefront of, you know, um, of that kind of thinking, I think, and um, that kind of process. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, and they so have I a think. really good history of um, basically giving away their IP as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's why we all know, I, well, I assume that's why a lot of us know who they are because, you know, we use their techniques and they've coined yep. phrases and things like that that have just kind of made their way into into everyone's um, vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so very excited about that. So that, that'll be definitely very good to see. So, Chris, um, do you do you come over here? for? Have you been to a semi-permanent? Have you been uh, to a kind of, you know, a, a conference like this? No, I've never, never been to a semi-permanent. But when we set up Foundry, one of the first things, um, or one of our aspirations was, what if we could build a creative hub uh, strong enough in somewhere like Tassie that we could attract, uh, like the founders from, say, semi-permanent. Yeah. And one of our first ever guests, obviously, was Matt Leach coming in, and um, and we were so impressed that w- with just a short time of getting our creative hub together, that the series of speakers we had in the first six months were people connected to things like semi-permanent and things on a national scale. So um, it was always sort of like just an aspiration. Design kids and yeah, 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 design kids and. Um, of course, uh, just some of the toots and guests that we've had. I know Frankie, like you said before, she actually bought a house down here. She loved it so much. So. <laughs> see, see, he's doing it again. <laughs> it's a good result. <laughs> so we, we're going to have to take a group up. I know we had a group up to Paul's Fest uh, recently for the Melbourne. Oh, did um, you? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So group went up there, but love to send a group up to semi-permanent in Sydney. I did. I did there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we're just talking about the um, Agda... Biennale that happened here and, and the awards that I didn't get to go to and Paul's Fest that I didn't get around to going to either. It's just, <laughs> yeah, either. I think I think 2015 might need to be a year of me actually going to yeah, stuff. Be so. <laughs> now, um, semi-permanent Auckland is probably more of an interest for me. Um, really? Not, yeah, well, not only because Michael Beirut's going to be there, um, but there's a certain female designer, Jessica Walsh. Your free pass. Who, 
yeah, who um, who I'm desperate to see because I just I think I think the world of her and her design, um, and I'm just I'm desperate to see. And she's actually running workshops, yeah, um, she is as well. Which, um, and is it true, Chris Doyle yep. is going over to Auckland as well? Yeah, I saw Chris um tweeted it out today. Just mentioned that he was um yeah he's on the speaking lineup right Fantastic. right there next to jessica on the on the website which is cool i <laughs> did, lucky, my, did my lucky history That's yeah I i'm anticipating a smiling selfie with chris michael beirut and jessica walsh at some stage God. during that conference yeah. i hope he uses a selfie stick that's all i can <laughs> he's not going to use a selfie stick <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen but um yeah i'd love to go to that one as well i think that would be really interesting um sort of mingle with the the new zealand design design crew yeah, I think it was the second year of semi-permanent, and um, and Andrew Murray took it over to Auckland. Yeah, and um, and it was really great because, I guess, in the same way that we we're talking about Tasmania being a bit of an island, um, yeah, definitely yeah. the New Zealand uh, designers uh, definitely felt that way, and they were doing some really great stuff at yeah. that time, and um, and still are, you know, still still definitely are. So it's definitely worth, and I think I think that's definitely worth going over to because it's. Um, they there's some amazing studios there. Hey, I'm thinking ADR New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? We'll just go down to a live show. Yes. Yeah. With Jessica Walsh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. But um. But yeah. So that that looks that looks pretty that's pretty cool. So the other one that was announced really recently is Ideas on Design. So AG Ideas. Yeah. So AG Ideas died. But it's been, it's come back. Like a phoenix from the ashes. Like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> so, so what have they announced who's, who's speaking? Yeah, there's a couple of really interesting people. I think um, the good thing for me, uh, Chris, have you ever been able to make it to an AG Ideas? No. No? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, only ma- I've only made it to two myself and, you know. What I find interesting about AG Ideas is that it's, the two times that I've gone, um, I've always enjoyed a speaker that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, um, I'm not going to remember anyone's name, but the, I once the, saw a person talk about hats, and I, it was actually really good. I was sitting <laughs> next to you, I think, Matt, back in the day. Oh, really? Um, and there was a chef, and there was the chef that was on there that was just talking about his his restaurant in Melbourne. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh yeah, um, um, I may have been asleep for that. Yeah, you were asleep on my shoulder, and um, <laughs> and the reverse graffiti guy as well. Oh, that was amazing. I mean, what, at that time, in, yeah, at that time in my career, I would have been happy to see anyone up on stage talking about graffiti but mm. the whole concept was um as one of our friends said was almost an epiphany i can't what, what was his name i can't do you, do you know about this reverse graffiti so no. he actually cleans um dirty areas of the road and that sort of thing and he does it with a with a high-powered hose and right. and and, high, and yeah. yeah really really um uh, strong solvent of some sort, and um, and basically creates these amazing wow. artworks. And um, and the lovely thing is, is quite often the police will come along and so say, "Hey, you know, you're doing graffiti," and he's like, "No, I'm I'm actually Clean. cleaning." So <laughs> cleaning the wall, yes. yeah, wow. perfectly legal, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I flicked through the entire lineup, and I didn't know one person. Um, but that's not a deterrent. To, that's not a deterrent to me. Um, but there was no. there was some obviously some, some organisations and stuff that I thought were really interesting. Um, there's a guy called Neil Huxley, who's a VFX designer from Mothership. Yeah. Um, so they worked on stuff like Avatar and one of my favourite movies in the world, Watchmen, as well. So really, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Oh man, we've done the comic book thing before, surely. We've done the. Have you read the comic? No, I haven't. I but I just, I just love it. No, a real fan. Sorry. No. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 
you read the Harry Potter books, didn't you? Of course. Um, and <laughs> um, uh, Mickey Selter as well, his product designer at Twitter. So, I'd, yeah, I'd love to hear, oh, hear that. Okay. But also, Luke Lucas did um, the this great type illustration. Um, it's their 25th year. So, I thought that deserved a bit of a shout out because that looks rad. Um, so, rad. Did you use the word rad? That's I did. awesome. Um, so, is it still three days? I think it's longer. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. No, I think it is. They, and then they do a couple of things. Like the conference is three days and then I think they do kind of right, the biz, the kind design of and business thing and then they, yeah. they do the schools. They inject with schools. Actually, so I, still, I reckon three days is too long. Well, I, I mean, yeah, it goes for a week. You'd be interested to <laughs> yeah. see how they engage with some of the schools. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Okay. They, uh, I'm certainly no expert and I haven't been there for this, but I, I do remember um, they engaged with a lot of schools down there for the days leading up to the event and engaged yeah. them with design briefs and talked to them about what design is. Yeah. Um, I know, keep bringing up Chris, but yeah. I remember Chris Doyle went down and I think he chaired or he, or he spoke um, and he, he was kind of blown away by um, some of the... Um, stuff that they did with some of the, some yeah. of the schools, and so they engaged the speakers that were already going to be there to do some things before you know, kind of tail ending the conference. Um, yeah, which just looked really really interesting. It might be something that you might be interested in. in yeah, definitely. I think for us, going into schools is going to be a big part of what we do mm. uh, this year and from from now on. Obviously, we haven't had time to go to schools last year because we're still pretty young. But um, engaging schools is is going to be key for our model because. In, in Tasmania especially, we've only had a traditional education model where it just goes through into university. And if you're a creative, you, you pretty much go to architecture. That's about the only option in Tassie. And really? so many archi architectures. We have a great archie school here, but a lot of uh, frustrated designers end up doing architecture because that's the only off option they look at. Mm. Of course, they think, oh, well, I suppose I might go do architecture. And I, I literally met one today who, who's actually finished, he finished his architecture yeah. and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then Foundry opened and he he's finally, he said, finally, that's like something I yeah. actually want to do. So he's actually fully fledged and now he's now doing yeah. graphic design, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Cool. Hey, so just to go over those dates, um, so semi-permanent 20th to 23rd of May. Yep. Ideas on Design is the 11th to 17th of May. So, wow. How are we going to do that? We can't. May's always know. mental for this stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's just I don't know why they all kind of seem like they're around the same time, but um, maybe it's... They're the, forcing me to choose. Yeah. Don't they know that 2015 is when I go to every conference? I wonder if they do talk. I wonder if they talk. And, I don't know. I'm not sure. Because, well, what's, I mean, it'd be interesting. We should ask the guys from Semi-Permanent because they were making movements in Melbourne. Um, but it looks like they're not anymore. Yeah. So I know I know they pulled out of Brisbane, um, and obviously they are doing London and um, New York. So it's uh, it'd be interesting to find out why they've sort of scaled back to Sydney and Auckland. Yeah, but, and Sydney's huge now, like part of yeah. the bid and everything like that. And yeah, kind mm. of carriage works now. But um, yeah. So and then Auckland is the first to the seventh of July. Yep. So, so that's a full week. So yeah. yeah, so if you don't work for two months, you you'd be set. You'd be yeah. right. <laughs> two months and had lots of money. Have to get just... mofo as well. Yeah, and somewhere. Then, yeah, got mofo in July as well. So, oh, yeah. so yeah. So if you need me, get me on my mobile. I'll uh, be somewhere, somewhere around. Just a permanent out of office reply on your emails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, that's quite nice actually because it probably sort sort half of the emails out. Yeah. <laughs> So um, we should talk about the question that um, was left by Mr. Yeah. Tim Busing from last session. 
Yep. You want to you want to say this one, Flynn? Yeah, sure. So, um, so Tim Busing um, asked a, asked our question of the week, yeah. Um, and the question was uh, for you to answer. So, putting you on the spot yeah. is, um, what's the next big problem that you want to solve? And yeah. he he kind of continued a little bit after that, saying, um, you know, be it commercial or artistic, or what's yeah. the next kind of thing on your mind you want to crack at the next available opportunity? Right. Um, <laughs> okay, in a broad sense, um, it's the problem we're trying to solve right at the moment because I think we're, we're hardly even into our um, endeavour here with Foundry. But th- that problem is um, connecting regional hubs um, to pretty much high-end education. And when I say high-end, I don't mean sort of, um, I, I mean industry-connected or really relevant. So in the creative field, um giving people in Tasmania and Launceston and Hobart and then I think it's about 40 other regions in Australia that are similar to us where they're just outside of a main city um, and so the problem we're trying to solve is giving connectivity to uh, people in regional areas. Um, to come into a commercial um, aspect, uh, I think that it's actually a really big problem to be solved but I think if we can figure it out, it's got a lot of opportunity um, with it and so for us, we're sort of in this space where there's traditional universities that are looking to reduce faculties um, so they're actually looking at narrowing university focus right across the country um, to have less faculties, less dis- discipline. Um, TAFE system uh, locally has been burdened with adult education um, in a sense, with the closure of adult education, TAFE's picked up that burden, which means it's not, not as sharp, not as poignant when it comes to creative fields. So there's this big gap, and that's what we're trying to fill, is how do we aggregate the best schools um, out of Sydney, Melbourne, and places like that, and so how can we deliver that in a remote location like Tasmania? And so that's the problem we're trying to solve, and we think that if we can nail it, it's actually not going to be a problem. It's going to be a great new concept with with opportunity attached to it. So. Great. I don't know how people normally answer those questions, but no, that's basically that's, what we're not, to not always not always that well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So, I mean, because you you're looking to go to Hobart next, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess Flynn, just for anyone out there who's, I mean, everyone can check out the Foundry um, mm-hmm. website. But what I like about what they do here is is they they're not just offering the courses on behalf of other people, but they they provide a space for people to come and hang out. And I've I've been here all day, and it's lovely. Students are just popping in um, from all different schools and and just sort of hanging out and chatting and. Um, you know, a big discussion started today um, just over lunch about privacy and about, you know, this... Um, I don't know whether you've seen it. Have you seen the film... Um, I'm going to forget this. Uh, Terms and Conditions yeah. might apply. I have yeah. seen it. Yeah, I love it. It's so great. so someone had just watched that and um, and basically that started a conversation. And then suddenly we had like a group of sort mm-hmm. of, I don't know, there's probably about 10 of us yeah. that just sat around kind of like all talking about, you know, how what it means to us and, you know, students from all different sort of walks of life, some doing business um, courses, some doing design courses, some doing interior design courses. It's, and it was just, it was just amazing. And I was just like, wow, that's, you know, it's an amazing sort of mm. space to have where people yeah. can just pop in. And, and yeah. I, I've seen how much, how much time you give everyone who, who yeah. comes in. And, um, and it's just, yeah, it's, an, it's a nice idea. So I think, I think that kind of idea getting out into regional yeah. and kind of connecting because a lot of this sort of online education is, is pretty lonely. Yeah, <laughs> if, if if you don't have someone to yeah. talk to and and swap ideas back and forth, and yeah, yeah, we found um, by mashing creatives with, uh, I suppose, aspiring entrepreneurs or business type people, that that typical tension um, 
actually can produce really unique um, outcomes. So we've, mm. we've had business students who are studying a, like a diploma in business um, and they're sort of starting to collaborate with creative students doing design and uh, looking at digital technology and um, so design digital space. And they start to collaborate ideas and you can see that at the end of the studies there's going to be these little niche little business ideas emerge. And I think businesses that do the best are ones that do have aesthetics and design, you know, give a lot of consideration to design and aesthetics. Uh, and the other way around, the designers who do best often do have some commercial sensibility about them to sort yep. of keep going. And so I quite like that tension of commerce and design and putting it all together. So um, that's quite unique about the space. And a lot of our students that are here have sort of said, oh, you know, I was about to move to Sydney or I was even thinking about going straight over to Europe and just seeing what can happen. But now they're, they're studying, staying here, made new networks and friends and um, you know, hopefully time will tell there'll be a lot of fruit come out of that collaboration in a space like this. So, yeah, we don't want to have one in Hobart mm-hmm. as well uh, and then we'd have one, yeah, north and south and see so maybe we should pit, pit the two campuses against yes. each other and, you know, yeah, close to the divide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only like, one will live. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, Chris, obviously now we need a question for yeah. you to, um, to pass on to next week's guest. Yeah. Uh, have you got a question? <laughs> I, lo- I love this bit because we put them on the spot and say, yeah. so what, what about a really yeah. amazing question? Yeah, I know. It's quite <laughs> tough to refine it to a very simple, you know, <laughs> poignant. So, um, look, the first thing that came to mind uh, that I'd like to hear someone answer would be uh, along the lines of, and you can maybe edit and make it all sound fancy you know, for the next guest. <laughs> um, <laughs> But something about what they see is distinctively Australian uh, with design um, and how that relates to young people. So in terms of, um, I don't know if you've seen Dr. Carl on TV recently talking about the intergenerational report. And I don't know who, you know, if it's a government thing or if it's his own initiative, but he's doing this talk on TV saying how with mining changing and Australia changing in general, uh, we need young people to be uh, innovating. We need them to be creating new ideas, new industries, new businesses, um, but basically we need young people to, to start designing uh, Australia's future so that we're competitive as this country changes. And it just made me think, yeah, what is what is distinctly Australian that we can offer in design or, or whether that's a historic perspective or whether it's a future question, uh, but then to link it to education and young people, which is sort of the space I'm in all the time, is um, what can our young people aspire to? Uh, with design that's distinctively Australian? It's a great question and and that's something, it's almost like we need, uh, you know, obviously we've talked about it before, Rick Mm. Pointer came out and did that that amazing issue of I that talked about Australian design and what what it's offering. It's almost like we need another one of those now to kind of sort of go back over that and um, and sort of almost explore what, because, yeah, it's it's a thing that we almost shy away from, I think, a little yeah. bit as an Australian design. So, but yeah. I, I won't try and answer that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the next guess. That's right. Yeah, we um, have a we have a week to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. So, the um, uh, did you see the um, the founder and um, publisher of um, Uppercase was out here recently? No. So she's she's actually doing an Australian issue. So I think that's the next issue that comes out. So that'll be quite interesting just to see what she got from that. Um, because I get I get her newsletters every week, and uh, I know she had a really great time out here. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Cool. So. Well, maybe we can put a link to that in the show notes or something. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I think that that probably takes us out, guys. Thanks yeah. very much, Chris. Hey, thanks for having us on. Thanks for coming to Tassie. Yeah. <laughs> Via podcast. <laughs> and um, so maybe we'll go around the room, so to speak, 
And yeah. um, just where can where can people find find you guys? So Chris, maybe we'll start with you. Where can people yeah. find you? Yeah, uh, on our website, which is myfoundry.com.au. It's probably the number one spot. Or Facebook, obviously, Facebook, um, which is just forward slash myfoundry. Uh, that's probably the spot to get us. Or in Launceston, we're at 22 Cameron Street, right here in the heart of Launceston, and soon Hobart, but you'll have to wait for an announcement. There. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And Mr. Matt, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter at Leechworth, L-E-A-C-H-Worth, uh, and then obviously LinkedIn and Instagram. Instagram is Matt underscore Leech, L-E-A-C-H. The good Leech, not the bad Leech. Yeah, well, actually, the poor leech. So, so it was actually double E that were the, the, the doctors for the good people and the EA were the doctors for the, for the poor people, I guess, or the bad people. So, yeah. There we go, a little bit of history that you doctors, didn't, didn't ask right. for. Yeah. <laughs> Learn your stuff about you every day. Um, and you can find me um, pretty much on everything at F-L-Y-N-T-R-A-C-Y. And we'd like to thank you for listening to Australian Design Radio. Um, you can find this episode and more at australiandesignradio.simplecast.fm and you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at AUS Design Radio. If you do have any suggestions for topics and guests or questions you'd like to ask on the show or just want to reach out, we'd love to hear from you. You can flick us an email at matt at ausdesignradio.com or me, Flynn, at ausdesignradio.com. Until then, thanks for listening to Australian Design Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.